The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, Dave Gillen is my special guest. As well as answering your gardening questions on all things from hanging baskets, fuchsias and wood lice, we'll also bring you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden. Plus, Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Let's start then with this week's Plant of the Week. Now, it's not going to be Plant of the Week this week, is it, Dave? No, no, we're going quite broad here. (laughs) Plants of the Week. Now, I thought it's appropriate to talk about bedding plants because a lot of people will have planted. There's still bedding plants around to plant, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. But it's something that dates back, really, to the Victorian era, isn't it? The formality of it was, wasn't it? That's when they really... It it took trend. That was its... uh, the big formal bedded gardens and parks and so on back in the day. You might remember that. (laughs) Cheeky, cheeky. (laughs) I'll tell you what I can remember is my dad and I used to go down to a little little grower down the bottom of where we used to live called Breton's. And um, he would, I mean, this is, you imagine, you didn't buy many plants because, A, we didn't have a lot of money, but they used to be always grown in wooden trays, in wooden sea trays. And you would say by... um, half a box or a quarter of a box of anti-rhinums I can remember by later and he'd use an old kitchen knife and he'd cut through them <laughs> and he'd wrap them in newspaper yeah and that's how we used to buy our bedding plants down the road I mean that's that's what my first memory and then you get them home and you break them into each plant because yeah. the root will be in, intermingled entwined, yeah. entwined and you think how it's changed from those days of actually bedding plants being grown like that i mean i'm talking about a long time ago <laughs> but think how we've got on from then well and the use of them as well i mean the the days of formal bedding out where people put their geraniums the dot plants and a, a border of alisum or lobelia around the outside it's pretty much gone. Um, I like that, though. It looks lovely on, you know, grand scale, but in, people's gardens now have changed, haven't they? They're full of more permanent plants. Yeah. And bedding as a, as a different... It's more about infilling the borders, so you're getting clumps of petunia and clumps of things like that to add colour and seasonality, and it's more pots, troughs and baskets where it's getting used. Do you think that bedding plants have gone down in popularity? I think I think they have. If it, there was a there was a peak, wasn't there? Sixties, yeah. seventies peak, don't yes. you think? Well, I think there's things now with um, innovation in bedding. Some of the bedding is actually more long term. Some of it's yep. actually quite hardy, um, and some of the perennials now have been improved. They're not so tall. They're freer flowering, longer flowering. So people are using perennials and alpines as more permanent bedding. Which means they're not having to replace, because gardening is is quite hard work sometimes. Expensive and if you can as well. Make it easier and, and save some pennies. Then then fine. So people are tending to do more permanent bits and just using a bit of bedding to add that really sort of whack of colour in in the summer. And it does give you a whack of colour, whether it's geraniums, petunias. Yeah. Alison, still use does Alison and Lobelia still sell? Yeah, Lobelia is still one of the most what about popular. Alison, though? Alison, early on, early on, because it's quite tough, so people can get that planted early. But 
yeah, the, the same varieties are there, marigolds, petunias. People love them, and, and more and more, actually, things like tetrises that were the predecessor of marigolds, really, wasn't yes, they? Yes, that's right. Um, now they're breeding them that are shorter, freer flowering, and they're coming back in because they've got that sort of wild garden look rather than the formal centre plant, centre flower. So uh, bits go around, change and, and come back again. If you looked at the bedding that you're selling this year, mm-hmm. Dave, what would you reckon would be the most popular, you know, the mass seller? I would say you go back a few years and it was Busy Lizzie. Yeah. Um, every time. You couldn't get enough of them. They had a problem with the mildew and, and people sort of gone off that. So I would say it's actually Petunia. Still Petunia? Still Petunia. They do go sticky sometimes. They, they don't do, know, with yeah. aphid and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got the bedding begonias probably oh. for that shady position, and, and, and that's what's they are, the number two. They're still num- They're fantastic. Yeah. I, I think bedding begonias give you so much, and, of course, a lot of the trailing ones are fantastic yeah. today. Yeah. Scented ones. Yeah, it's so diverse oh. now. Hasn't it changed? Yeah, wow. Perfect. Since the changed. days of my few anti-rhinums <laughs> that were cut out of a box. Is that <laughs> yeah. right? It has moved on, and now the boxes generally all sell so you just push them up from the bottom and you've got this lovely little plug plant so you're not cutting the roots up or tearing them off we've got to think further the gar- the gardening world's got to think a bit more as well about how to recycle haven't they because a lot of it's still yeah. polystyrene it's still it? polystyrene um some are moving on to plastic i think they're now found more recyclable polystyrene that they can uh, reuse and i think most of the plastics come from recycled plastic to start with it's quite where they go once they've been used once again. So um, perhaps we'll be going back to the wooden sea trays and bread knife. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, Dave and I will bring you some top tips on things you can be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with Winston in Chelmsford. Oh, hello, uh, Ken. Hello, uh, Dave. Hello. Uh, what you got for us today? Um, well, uh, uh, I planted uh, two bare root ro- wild roses mm-hmm. uh, in my garden last autumn uh, to try and encourage wildlife into my garden. Yep. Um, now, do I let them grow naturally as they would in the wild with no pruning? Or should I have to prune them, please? Um, I'd like to try and make them into a nice old thicket, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Tell us tell us just out of interest, are they one stem at the bottom or several stems at the bottom now? Uh, one of them, well, um, one of them has got four main stems grown from soil level. And the other one's got three main stems from soil level. And I, so, so I planted them last um, yep. autumn, like, you know. Okay. And uh, have you got any flower on them? Uh, no, no, they've um, no, they've um, both grown. The main shoots are both round about three feet or just over long, and yeah. uh, they're a bit sort of thin and whippy. They are right, though, Dave. Yeah, what and, would you? The, the laterals are very, very flimsy indeed. Right. What would you do, Dave? I think I'd give them a bit of a trim, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think early on you could give them a light trim just to try to thicken what, them now up. Even? Yeah, yeah, just tip them out. But How normally, much would you take back if it's that high? Well, maybe a third. Yeah. Just to, to oh, strengthen them nice. up. But ongoing, you'd probably just let them grow once you've got your, your framework there. And you'd normally then just generally remove older wood. So once you get into year three, probably, you'll be taking out some of that first year's growth just to keep them from 
you know, over congesting, but you will maintain them as a, a large shrubby type plant. And so really prune to shape yeah. and take out dead wood once they get going. Is that all right, Winston? Yeah, so if I, if I prune back the main shoots by about a third, yeah. and then the little lateral shoots, which are very, very uh, rather weak and whippy-like, more, more so than the main ones, of course, and do I cut them by a third as well? No, I'd probably just leave those because you'll probably find once you reduce the top, the energy will go into them and strengthen yeah. And if you up. want to encourage your mate, give a good rose feed. Yeah. Plenty of food. Winston, thank you very much for your call. Let us know how they progress. And if you want any more help in the future, you know where to come. It's 0800 111 Peter from Clacton. We're talking bay tree. Is that right? Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Nice to hear you again. Mm, what's up? Right. Well, I've got a bay tree and the leaves have all gone brown on us. And uh, then it's spreading, it's spreading from the bay tree to the pear tree and on to the, uh, the nut tree as well, hazelnut. Um. Is it in a pot? No, it's a planted. It's a tree that's been built about what's been planted about fifteen years ago. Have you got any new shoots on your bay tree at all? Yeah, there is some new shoots there. Yeah, Further new bright green down. shoots. Yeah, yeah. It's dry, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably dry, or maybe the top parts reacting to the cold that we got, um, and it's not re-greening, but. I think the only thing you can do really is to give them a good prune down to where you've got some green stuff, um, give them a feed, give them a water, and hope you can sort of flush up some new growth. Well, unfortunately, it's gone off, it's all the way up the tree and down the tree, so really, it's spread all over the tree. Let's put that right from yeah. the top to the bottom. You yeah. haven't got, if, if, if they've just gone brown, you haven't got a disease or a pest problem necessarily at all. Not that I'm aware of. No, no, no so, I think it's just drought. It's dried oh. out. So if you give it a, a good water and a light trim all over, you should be able to encourage new growth from further into the plant, which will green it back up again um, and hopefully save it. But it just it sounds like drought. But a good water means a lot of water. It doesn't yeah. mean just two gallons and that'll do it. It won't. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you very it. much indeed, Peter. Keep it watered slowly, slowly. That's what it's about. Terry in Rumwell. Blueberries, one of my favourite. I had some, like, was it night before last? Blueberry, strawberry and raspberry and a bit of ice cream. So, <laughs> Terry, how are your blueberries? I've got one given to me for yep. Father's Day. It's in a pot It's a bit moment. early, that's yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, but he's in Hong Kong, he has to sort it out by mail. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell you what, Terry, that's very impressive. That's good of him. He, he's, he's a good boy. Yes. Um... The it's a gold troupe. I've never I've never grown I've never grown blueberries before. Mm. Where where do I can I plant it amongst my blackberries? Um, ideally, blueberries need an, an acid soil, aeracaceous soil. So because well, we're on clay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all roughing around here. Um, so really, you can either plant you can plant them in, in with your, your other fruit, but you need to add some um, aeracaceous compost when you're planting. Yeah. A lot of people tend to grow blueberries in containers so that they can sort of maintain that soil condition easier than, than in the ground. But no reason why it can't grow in the ground, but you've got to treat it like you would in a, a camellia and so on and just keep this, the acid feeds on there. This says, this, this, the growth height is uh, 1.5 metres. Yeah. And, um, OK, then, what size pot then, please? Probably a good sort of 12 to 18 inch pot. 
Right. Because and what feed? They're unlikely to get one and a half metres tall, a bit of tidying and so on. That would be a, a very large blueberry at that size. Right. What feed? Feed would be anything, normally they're in a pink box or a pink packet, but anything that's ericaceous, so anything that you can feed a rhododendron, camellia, azalea, which they're normally mentioned on the pack, um, is perfect for blueberries. Right, so it can go in the ground if I do put it. I've got I've got pyrrhus planted in black bags of ericaceous. Yeah, yeah. so you're treating like a pyrrhus. Right. But you can do it in the ground, you just need to add compost and just keep a regular feed what there. About, what about rotted down horse manure? That's not no. normally acidic, no. No, don't use that. No, okay. No. <laughs> okay, and best okay, of luck. Thank you very, very much indeed, gentlemen. Right. We look forward to a punnet of blueberries in the future. Jackie from <laughs> Easter Burgold. Delphiniums, is that uh, what we're talking about today, Jackie? That's right. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, I ordered some delphiniums from a, a magazine that I had. When they arrived, I couldn't believe it. They were so, it was my own fault. It's the first time I've done it, and it will probably be the last. Um, they were very young plants. I potted, you, Can I just pl- put a point in here that you get what you pay for? If you go to a garden centre and buy a nice pot full of plants, it's going to cost you more, but you'll get a decent delphinium plant. I, if you I pay. If you pay it, I'm not knocking it no. because no. It's, you pay, you get what you pay for, literally. Big, you can't post That's big plants, right. so they have no to work with I have no idea how much they, you know, they usually mm. are. But anyway, I potted, they were little plugs, Good. tiny little plugs, potted them on, and they are coming along. Now, I'm curious as to the best way to get them through the winter. What should I do with them now or at um, the end of the summer? If, if they Become a reasonable sized plant, I would plant them, plant them in the ground, give them, trying to basically bulk up the root as much as you can in the ground because that's the bit you're trying to get through the winter. Um, oh, and it might be worth, ground. yeah, yeah, if, if they're big enough, you know, if they're, they're looking like a sensible plant now, um, plant them. Um, and then come the winter, all I would do is perhaps add a, a layer of mulch um, and make sure you add a bit of grit so it doesn't get too wet. So get them through right. that first winter. Oh, I was thinking I was going to need to put them in bigger pots and protect them somewhat over the winter no, in the if, pots. If they're growing, you know, and they're reasonable plants, they're probably still, we've still got plenty of time before the winter comes just to bulk them up and get them through that way. Yeah, and we look forward to giving you more advice on the delphiniums in the spring, Jackie. So, <laughs> Pat in stock. You've got a shumac. Is that yes, um, Russ Typhina with the plume, with the sort of red what's-its on it? Yeah, look, look. <laughs> Well, ours did last year and the year before, but it seems to have given up the ghost this year. Oh, Pat, what you done to it? Come on. (laughs) It's got lots of shoots coming from the soil underneath. I bet it has. But the actual tree itself, it had some young leaves coming out, but they've all died and dropped off. Yeah. So, obviously, it's got to come out, I assume. I don't think it's... um, do they have a short life, Dave? Actually, because they're not—they are. You see, some are very old, but then yeah. they also sometimes just kill they over. Just don't expire, they? don't yeah. they? They're not oh, so. Do they? Yeah, it's just what they do. But because of the fact it is died, is why you've got or dying so many shoots coming out the ground because they do sucker. Um, and are the like, suckers the same as the actual tree? They should be, yeah. Unless it's one of the um, fine leaf versions, but if it's a straight normal rust typhina, they're the same. Um, but you will end up with it popping if, so, everywhere. So if Pat was... If you've got shoots near the tree, you could let some of those shoots grow up and cut the others off. Yeah. Yes, the trouble is that um, it's going to take a long time to get to the size of the tree. Take it out and, take it out and get something else then, Pat. What Start do you reckon? Again. 
Can I plant something in the same spot? Yes, yeah, it's just really just been rust and dying when it, it probably got a bit of a, a shake-up in the winter and decided this year wasn't his year. So they are, guess, uh, obviously add good compost, etc. Yeah. when you're planting. I want to go to Gwyn in Billericay. Uh, Gwyn, and then we'll go to the travel. Gwyn. Hi, I've got um, Standard Rose uh, Patricia Kent, and this year it's kind of died off at the crown or whatever you call it yeah. and but one shoe is massively strong has gone racing away like a climber it's yeah. got buds on it is that and from lower down on one side well no it's from the actual crown all oh, right it's not from down the bottom of the stem or and, and the foliage like is the same as what the rose was before yeah it's yeah and the colour. flower is i've got a flower out on it at the moment and the flower is exactly what, as it oh, was fine. previously it's about Two, maybe three years old, two years old, okay. I think. Well, you've got, got a bit of a job on your hands because if, if the rest of the, the head has died, and sometimes with standard roses, the graft, because they're grafted at the top, can fail. Yeah. Um, the only way you'll ever get that back in is to prune it hard and, and try to redevelop And you head. could even prune it now after the flower. As yeah. soon as the flower is finished, you'll be better to prune what you've got back hard yeah. make the side shoots come out and then you can develop a new structure for the top. Okay. Right. Isn't that the okay. only way, isn't it, yeah. Dave? Yeah, otherwise you're going to have a sort of long lopsided standard which sort yeah. of defeats its object, I, doesn't I've it? I've read about Patricia Kent and I think they're um, generally a bush rose, aren't yeah. they? So yeah. yeah, so good hard prune down and really just try to get your framework back again from what you've lost. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Now, Dave, what's your first one? Well, it's been a lovely summer so far. Lots of sunshine and not so much rain. Um, so <laughs> there's there's a lot of <laughs> Not a lot at all. I promise these downpours and Doesn't certainly happen. in my area we haven't seen them. Um, but really, the weeds aren't growing that strong because of the lack of water. But as soon as it does, they'll be there. So keep on top of them. Hoeing regularly will help keep them well from seeding and also keep the surface layer of that soil free and, and basically fluffy. And what that actually does is it does help keep the water in the ground because it doesn't evaporate all the way through. Um, that way, when we get some rain, you're not going to get a, a flush of... Uh, weed growth coming from there. Also, if you chop them off, if, you, if you're hoeing them up, they lay on the surface, they dry out anyway, they dry out. There's they? no need to clean up after yeah. it. They soon disappear in a day. As long as they're not three foot high. Yes. <laughs> they might look a bit messy. And then obviously when we're watering, um, you're going to have to. Some Certainly new plants this time of year need to be watering. And just make sure when you water, you water well directly at the root of the plant. Don't just sort of splash and dash over the whole border. So that's like thorough watering. Thorough watering, so it goes down deep into the soil. And then you don't have to do it that often because it'll stay in that lower area and accessed for the plants. So there are. There's a couple of tips. Thank you, Dave. And we'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Let's now go to Eve in Harlow. Hello, Eve. Hello. Um, I wonder if you could advise me. Um, I've got a hedge about uh, 15 foot more, probably. Um, it's got no birds nesting in it at the moment. Um, 
when can when would be the best time to just trim it down a bit? When's the law actually? Isn't it June? In theory, you can trim from June, can't you, hedges? Yeah, I suppose it depends on the birds that are in there. It's quite tricky this year because, yeah. in fact, birds seem to be nesting later, don't yes, they? Yes, because we had the colder start yeah. of the year, so everything is a bit. Just keep an eye on once the, once the birds are fledged, then really, there's no reason why you can't get on on with it. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. That's right. That was that was a nice, simple one. <laughs> Don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 And talking of hedges, Janet in stock said, no, that, was, that was, wasn't the one that I wanted actually to go to. Um, but Janet in stock, no, it is. Width of a Lalandi, is it the right time of the year because she wants to halve the widths? Now, we want to remind Janet... <laughs> that if she cuts it in half, it will stay brown. It will yeah. never regrow, will it? It really do. If you go into old wood on a lowland eye, that's it. So you can only really go back to the start of where it's growing from and is green and hope. Hope, but they are. <laughs> Janet, you can't really. You've just got to trim in, stay in, stay in the green. Yeah. If not, you've got a brown hedge, and I'm sure you see lots of those around. I just wanted to quickly identify this. No one seems to actually comment on this. There's an acacia photo which has been sent in. It doesn't actually say, oh, I see who it is. It's Nick Miller. Nick Miller sent a picture of an acacia. It looks like the golden one, which yeah. is Rabinia, um, Rabinia Frisia. It's got some nasty brown marks there. What's yeah, it look like to you? It looks like a, a bit of rust coming on there. <clears throat> Quite often the Rabinias will lose the first leaves out later in the, in the summer. Um, and you'll probably find those a, a drop off, but keep it well watered. Um, and if you need to, you can just tidy up any any strong shoots. Yeah, I got that one done. Uh, let's go to Joan in Brentwood, who's rung us on 0800 111 Don't forget that you can also message us straight to the studio 81333 Pop Essex on the front. John in Brentwood. Hello, John. Morning, Kent. Lovely morning. Not bad at all. How can we help? With the rain, right? With when you got new rhubarb, you don't normally pick it for a couple of years, do you? Um, when you first plant it, you wouldn't pick it on the yeah, following right. season. Does this go? I've just broken two crowns up. Yeah. And uh, it's they're all now. It's obviously sprouting, and it's come up. It's probably eight, ten inches high. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's an old plant, can you still pick that? When did you when you split them and planted them? When was that? A couple of months ago, three months. Um, I, I would be say best left, advised it? not um, best left for the season, but you know I'd probably be tempted to wink all the wine off and have a bit of crumble. But but yeah. but, but, <laughs> but when, a couple of tips. Yes, but when you do it, see oh, that you oh. hold the crown very. Push your hand into the yeah. crown of the plant before you pull, because oh, I've yeah. seen people yeah. do this and they pull the whole crown out <laughs> in their hand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, no, I don't have any trouble pulling it or eating it, come to that. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, if they were if big divisions, you know, from an established plant, they've probably got a bit of vigour in them. Um, and if you wanted to winkle a couple off them. Sure All right, John? Um, yeah, can I give a couple of sort of tips? Yes, yeah, Kushkan. I found I've got a cherry tree with a load of cherries on, and I tried silver paper and that. The thing that stops the birds appears to be CDs hung up in there. Are yeah. they are they fussy about who the artists are though? <laughs> Was it the birds? Unmarked cheap ones. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, you know your garden bins, the garden Look, waste bins. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, I've noticed most people leave them shut all the time. So that, say you put your grass clippings in there. Yeah. They stay wet. In fact, they they get probably wetter with the condensation in there, mm-hmm. and you can't move them. <clears throat> if you put a piece of, say, 2 by 2 or a bit less than that, perhaps, so that it's just open about half half an inch to an inch, yeah. the whole thing breathes, dries out, and it all sort of dries out. You put a lot more into the bin then. There you go. There you are. Thank you. And... Uh... CDs, you see. People do wonder what to do with them today, don't they? Let's move on to Florence from Elm Park. Hello, Florence. Oh, hello, Ken. Um, I have a a fig tree, and I find I've got gooseberry uh, bushes, and they're full up with gooseberries and also figs, but I've no idea um, when I pick them. (laughs) I was going to say when they're right. (laughs) (laughs) I agree, but they're... Right. Right. Now the right. Let's let's go. Hang hang on. Really solid hard. Yes. Right. What do you know? What the gooseberry is? No idea. We've only moved in recently. I see. Okay. This is completely new to me. Right. (laughs) Gooseberries. You're gonna. There's only gonna be one way of finding out what whether you've got ones that are really just best for preserving or ones for eating. It is a bit early, but once they they tend to turn colour. So where this bright green, they get a slight, I suppose, browny hue to them when they're ripening, um, and go a touch softer. So really wait till then. Pick one off, pop it in, and you'll find out how sharp it is. Julyish, isn't it? Yeah, normally July. And you Um, don't see them much in the shops these days. No, no. Something you don't see. The the figs you're going to have to wait until they look like figs, so they will again go go a dark colour, become dark soft, colour. soft to the touch, and that'll be that'll be August, mm. August onwards, yeah, so August into have September. Gooseberry full followed by figs on. Yep. Yeah. Later on, you can do lots of things <laughs> with figs. Uh, you can do all sorts of things. You can yeah, oh figs yeah. I, I love figs. Now remember, just on the figs, Florence, you'll also see on your fig tree that there's lots of little ones about the size of your fingernail. There should be as well. Yes, there is. L- leave them alone. They're next year's crop. Oh, right. They stay on there all winter. Okay, fine. Okay. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank Let, you very much indeed. Okay. That's Florence from Elm Park with her gooseberries and figs. Um, now we go to Colin in Harwich, who's rung us on that number, 0800 111 Yeah, morning, Ken. Morning, Hi. Dave. Morning. I'm out in, out in the garden at the moment. Nice. I'd, I'd, I'd ring in at the veg plot and give you an update on these grafted tomatoes that we talked about earlier on in the year. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I'm well pleased with them. They're up to my shoulder, uh, fourth truss, and we're talking outside, not in a greenhouse. And uh, and I'm really pleased. Whereas the seeded ones, although they look really strong and healthy, uh, they're only just starting to open their first lot of flowers. So the yeah. grafted ones are well ahead. Well so, ahead. So although you've spent more money on your grafted tomatoes, was it good value for money, do you think, or won't you know till the end of the season? <laughs> well, we won't really know until the end of the season, but it's it's looking very promising. And the yeah. crimson crush ones, <clears throat> I mean, they're really clean. I think I might have to take some of the bottom leaves off now, shouldn't I, really? Cause if the trusses are the, coming. What you'll find with the, the grafted ones is you don't need to restrict the number of trusses on there. Um, they can hold as much as they They've got a stronger root, haven't they? Yeah. 
and also when the blight starts working its way through the plot which it always tends to towards the uh, end of the summer hopefully i think you'll probably find that the grafted ones will be less susceptible to it because they've got that extra mm. vigor in them Oh, okay. that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> One other question, uh, it's quite important. I've, I've got a lot of sweet corn I've planted out, mm-hmm. and it's throwing side shoots out from the bottom. Uh, do I take them out? No, uh, no, leave them. They'll probably be, you know, secondary cops. No, you'll oh, damage right. it. If you take them off, you'll find you yeah. damage uh-huh. the main plant. Uh, so right. leave, okay. leave, leave them be. They'll be fine. Right. Okay. Okay. Apart from that, everything's absolutely super Good. in the veg garden. Colin, thank you very much for your call. Uh, don't forget, that number to call is 0800-111-4041. You can text me here in the studio. It's Ken Crowther and Dave Gillam talking gardening. The text is 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. I've uh, got a text here. Talking of blueberries, I removed 200 shells of scale insect from the trunks and stems of my three blueberry plants this week. How do I keep the plants free of scale insect in the future? <laughs> difficult isn't it it is i mean you'll only really do it with with uh spray but then obviously you've got to balance how long the spray is in the plant for and when you are likely to pick blueberries so it is a bit of a game um because they're, they're forming their fruit now so yeah. you shouldn't use a systemic not really you? no so any of the fruit and veg contact killers um will probably do it that are only in the they're only well read the back and it normally say pick within three to seven days normally on the contact yeah, killers right. if it's more than seven days they're normally systemic um but you'll need to spray them because although you might have picked off the adults there will be a secondary lot sitting there right waiting to uh, come through so done a good job just need to keep on going and keep on top of them they are um, again, I've just wanted to try and uh, do a couple of emails here, and we have a hellebore um, that has gone. Very, it's got a, a. To give you an idea, it's a hellebore in a pot. It's been in a pot quite a time because it's obviously got a fair bit of moss over the pot, hasn't mm. it, Dave? And it's got a black marking through the leaf. Um, so it says. Does the hellebore have black death and new growth appears stunted? They um, do sometimes go that colour though, don't they? They, they do, and this is the time of year really. They're flowered that they're gonna. They almost have their dormancy in the summer, don't they? Because they start perking up uh, late summer through autumn, ready for flowering uh, winter next year. All I would suggest is that you perhaps get it in the ground or a bigger pot and give it some fresh compost and some feed, um, and you'll probably find it a perk up with a. A bit of water and care. Don't forget that number to call is 0800, let's talk gardening, 0800 1 And let's have another look. We've got Malcolm in Sawbridgeworth. He has sent us, um, he's got what looks like, um, that's euonymus, isn't it? Or privet. Or privet. You want us or privet, and he says, when cutting my hedge this week, I've noticed some kind of intention of a large section. I've attached a photo, hoping you are identified. What is it? And advise me what it is. Well, that is just lichen that's growing on the stems, isn't it? Or yeah. lichen. Lichen, lichen. <laughs> lichen, lichen, doesn't potato, matter what it is. Potato. Malcolm, um, it's, it's, it's a sign of clean air, isn't it? Is it? That's well, what they used to say. I don't know whether sawbridge has clean air. It's a, a sign of slow growth, isn't it, generally on yes. plants, that, that the plant isn't uh, growing that quickly, so there isn't movement in the bark layer, and the lichen can then sort of establish itself on there. It tends not to do any harm, um, 
just generally adding a bit of vigour to the plant will keep on top of it. Um, but hedges, especially privet, where they're closely cut regularly, the older wood will get a bit on there. Now, Philip James, Cheeky Devil, he sent us a series of pictures of it. Now, the one that's the most common is a... Uh, looks like a clover leaf. It's brownish in colour, and uh, it... Um, it is appears, I hate to say it, often comes in with them garden centre plants sometimes, doesn't it? Oh. <laughs> you wouldn't dare that to come It's a weed. Uh, other people's a weed. Um, it's, it is a problem because it's a problem to get rid of, isn't it? Yeah, it has its little... Uh, what, do you know what forms. it is, actually? It is a form of... Um, Oxalis, isn't yes. it? It's a form yeah. of oxalis. So picture number one is oxalis, Philip James. Uh, difficult to get rid of. You can't use weekend on it much because it doesn't get rid of it, does it? It's no, got a shiny leaf, hasn't it? If you can get it on the leaf, someone's crushing, crunching the leaf a little bit first, um, then you can knock out the corns. Bit of a pain to dig out because there's tiny little sort of bulbules in there. Difficult to tell what he's talking about there. It's amongst the onions. Looks like a sedum, doesn't it? Don't know yeah. what that one is. Anyway... Just keep weeding. <laughs> Just keep weeding, keep hoeing. That's what you can do. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, myself and Dave have got some more top tips. Now, I've been out mowing a lot this week, <laughs> and um, it's a reminder that People are inclined to think, oh, it's a little bit dry, I'll leave the lawn. But actually, lawns are still growing at quite a colossal rate. And if you don't cut them every week, the lawn deteriorates. Now, if it does stay dry, you just take the box off and you mow without a box. That's if you haven't got a recycler-type mower. Mm -hmm. And it, it does help to just drop that mulch back in if it stays in dry conditions. Not if that lawn's ever so long. <laughs> but if you're regularly cutting every week, it'll be quite a quite a fraction of grass that will drop back in. But remember, mow every week. It is well worth it. It does the lawn good. And don't cut it too short, again, because you damage the structure of the grass. That's it's really it. important, isn't it? It is. And, and if you're keeping mowing and the grass is keeping to carrying on growing... You've got to make a choice somewhere along the line whether you water it. That's a good point. Or not, because I, I tend to think, well, it's summer. It'll catch up, and I, and I haven't got the time to water too much. Um, and because once you do start doing that process, you've you got to keep stop, on top can of you? it. No. no, no. So make that decision. I would say water if you've got the time. Keep the lawn as strong and healthy as you can. So some feeds would be good, but only use liquid feeds this time of year because the granular ones could scorch the grass and you'll end up going backwards rather than forwards. But and I bet you see a few people that have scorched their grass. Oh, don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Why is my grass going black? And then you find out the granule's gone on there and it's gone on a bit heavy and then you've, you've had a dew rather than rain and it just scorches. So liquid feeds are best and a good, I would say, balanced feed. You can even use something like a miracle Grow on there rather than going high nitrogen because you don't want too much soft growth because the sun's going to cook it. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Pamela Shove has sent me a picture, um, but I'll look at that in just a moment because we go to Jan in Romford. Hello, Jan in Romford. What do you got oh, for hello, us? Hello, Ken. Yes, just some um, a question. A question on potatoes, really. Um, I first of you know, first started growing potatoes this year. I'm growing them in tubs, three tubs, three different varieties. Yeah. 
I've done everything I'm supposed to do. They're now about a foot or more, the growth, above the pot. Yeah. There are signs of flower buds. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering now, I mean, I think they've been probably in, in the pots of six weeks or so, seven weeks. Yeah. I'm not sure now whether I can start pulling or leave them alone. Not yet. <laughs> okay, not yet. Not um, yet. Have you been, did you plant them and then fill the pot up as they was growing? Or did you just oh, pot? Oh, yes, earth yeah. them up all so the way to the top up. of the pot, yes. Normally, yes. Uh, the best sign with potatoes, uh, you'll always, with first earlies, be able to sort of winkle out a few few little ones if you can uh, find them in there without tipping the pot out. Okay. Um, but I would normally say now's the time you put plenty of water on um, yes. to help swell those spuds up. And yeah. then I normally wait until the flowers start are starting to fade rather oh, than okay. come out. Yeah. And then they normally, you, you'll get some. There'll always be some there, but... To get the most out, you want all these little marbles to swell up and become potatoes before you tip them out the bag. So wait oh, for the flowers to start yeah. fading, and then you can probably start having a go. Okay. Um, now, the other thing about that is, have I got to tip the whole pot out, or can I pull them, or what? You won't be able to pull them, but what you probably can do, if it's in a soft enough compost, is just have a little sort of scratch around and work your way down, and take yeah. the first ones you come to, and oh. then leave the rest to develop a bit more... But okay. at some point, you will have to tip them out just to get them all out. Yes, yeah, and then it means keeping them somehow, doesn't it, for a while? Yeah, they, they're somewhere cool. They, they're still for ages. OK. All right. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much indeed. Thank no, you. Jenny Romford gave us a call on 0800 111 And uh, don't forget, you can hear this programme on the podcast uh, straight, um, well, just about half an hour after the programme. And, in fact, you get to that by going to the front of the website, uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash Essex. You can find it there. And you can listen to the podcast. as extra tips, plant of the week, all those sort of extras that you don't get on the programme because we're dealing with people's calls and texts and emails. Uh, Bob in Chelmsford has called to say he heard a woman talking about the holes in her lawn last week. He says has the same problem, but he's found nutshells next to them, which makes him think they're caused by squirrels. I think in the end, I think you're right, Bob, but I think we decided that it was squirrels. And you'd actually be amazed what squirrels are digging up today because they really, you know, they seem to be here, there and everywhere and <laughs> digging everything up. But uh, we won't go on to that. I think that's yet another story for another day. Um, thank you very much for your, for your comment, though. And that is on a text on 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Another one, I have a very old apple tree which is only slowly becoming less productive. Must admit, I haven't pruned it in years. Trunk over two inches, um, but only one branch in leaf. <sighs> not good. Not good yeah. at all, eh? Sounds like a, possibly a bit of canker on the other yeah. side. Sort of what would you do? Back. Cut them off? Cut off anything that's not in leaf and probably prune back. The other one the hard, other one a hard. game like the rose to try and encourage side growth yes. that you might get yeah, to go. Get a bit of life out but of don't it. forget to clean your saws or secateurs after you've done it because if it's got canker or anything don't like that. Don't spread it to anything else. No. Or another one. Margaret from Rochford is calling us. Hello, Margaret. Oh, good morning. I don't know if you're Ken or Dave, but anyway, good morning. We, we, we both, both. We both answer. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, this morning, my husband pointed out, on our hydrangea, it's in a big pot, mm-hmm. it's a blue hydrangea, um, all of a sudden it's got white grubs under the leaves. And they, to me, they look like bird's poop, but he says they don't. 
Um, Be a clever it, bird to get it underneath, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, and it's sort of sticky. When I tried to pull yeah. it off with yep. a wet cloth, it's sort of sticky. That's it. It's that time of year again. The, the scale insect on the hydrangeas. Hydrangea scale <laughs> insect it is. You've got... Oh, is it? Yeah. Now, after f- this is something I've done, and I don't know whether you do that, Dave, is that after flowering, I cut out the worst offending shoots. Now, it might mean that you might not get as much flower next yeah. year, but you can get rid of some of it that way, can't you? You can. I mean, it's early days, so it's probably the very first bits coming on them yeah. now. Um, so a good spray with um, a, systemic. a good systemic um, insecticide should mean you can you know, beat them before they beat you. Are there a, what, what? Which one would you use? I mean, there's only well, a couple uh, left. Well, aren't I've there? been using. Um, although it's it's got it's not strictly systemic. It has some residual in there. Um, the the Resolver one at the moment. And it's that's, good. Yeah, yeah. It covers more things than than most. And someone's using something that you haven't been using all the time mm. means that there isn't a resistance there when What's you that come one to called? use it. It's just um, Resolver bug bug killer. killer. Yeah. Bug killer. Um, you can get it as a ready to use or a concentrate but it will stay on there it does scale insect but again do it once and probably do it again 10 days but later. But not, not in bright sunlight no. Margaret. Okay. Oh, okay thank you very much. Best of luck because it does take a bit of, it's a bit of a challenge to get rid of. Um, it's grub and bug time isn't it Eddie and <laughs> Walton on the nose? Yes it is Ken we've got a couple of Solomon seals in the garden and I think it started last year but about this time, they get infestated with little grey caterpillars. Little yeah. Grey caterpillars. Sawfly, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's a sort. They get sawfly like, like gooseberry sawfly. It just stripped it completely. Yep, yeah. they will. And it's, in fact, do you know, I'll, no, we'll do your one first, but I'll tell you what, I'll come up with a reminder on the back of this one because, yeah, sawfly, um, they will clear it, won't they, They Dave? will clear it, same as the gooseberry sawfly will, and the problem is by the time you notice they're there, they've cleared the plant. Um, they have, yes. And there's not really, by the time, you know, they've done it, they've done their job, they've eaten, and then they've probably disappeared again. You're only seeing a few stragglers that are... Um, hanging around behind. So what you're saying, Dave, is unless you see it straight away, it's a yeah. waste of time spraying. Yeah, you can just... T- oh, it's a perennial, so I would just tend to cut the perennial, you know, the plant down a bit and, and just to get it to reflush from the base um, and hopefully you won't get them again this year. It has come up every year, even yeah. though... You know, oh, it will. Oh, it will. It doesn't, affect, it doesn't affect the plant in any way. No, the root's still there, so if you just cut it down, it'll come up again this year and you'll have a, a you know a green plant. You might not see flower, but you'll see a, the plant re- regenerate. But next year, Eddie, watch very early on as you get towards the beginning of June, yeah. end of May, beginning of June, first signs, then you can spray and you'll prevent them. Right. I mean, the, the plant has actually flowered. The flowers are all gone. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Just, just cut it down. Um, low and then get some new growth out of the ground. What I wanted to mention when we mentioned sawfly is that you should be watching your gooseberries and the first signs of any leaf attack, there is a spray you can still there's uh, fruit and veg spray isn't there and you can attack them with that because they will strip your gooseberry which then doesn't help the gooseberry plant to vigorate and therefore feed the fruit. Very important indeed. Let's go to Peter in Black Notley who's rung us on 0800 111 4041. Hello, Peter. Hello, Ken. I'm inundated with wood lice. There's a lot about this year. (laughs) Well, I've always had problems with them. This year, they've actually uh, killed a couple of my cucumber plants in the greenhouse. 
and upon picking my broad beans, I find they're inside the pods. Yeah, I, I would like to get a bit of a rough old deal, really, because normally they're found when something has died or, or... But they do eat new flesh, don't they, they, they if they, it's exposed? Yeah, so they're generally clearing up after damage or... Um, there's not much you can do because someone it. was saying the other day that they found them in their strawberries where the strawberry had been pecked by a bird they've gone in there they've on gone the in damaged there. fruit yeah um, so they're generally secondary rather than I mean, the primary there's cause, no spray for them is it no because they're only eating dead they're normally only eating dead wood so it's not a lot you can do Unfortunately, or, you know, Peter, we haven't got an answer for you. How about that? <laughs> but, but they normally, when when a plant dies and the, you know the stems are rotten, and you see some wood lice and they get the blame. But they're they're really just doing the clean up job. Um, the, the, the That's amazing the finding them before. inside the pot. Yes, yeah, that is unusual. That is unusual. It's annoying. <laughs> yes. yes, they don't taste nice with the broad bean, do they? No, they don't. No, no. <laughs> just think, like think of them like peppercorns. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Peter. Sorry we're not more help to you on that one, but if anybody else has got super, super way of getting rid of wood lice, you can let us know on 0800 111 just as you might have a gardening question. Let's now go to Rita in Oak Hill. <clears throat> yes. Um, <laughs> good morning. Um, it's my hedge, uh, box hedge. Yeah. Uh, noticed something's getting in it. Did see a caterpillar. Would it be anything else? Yeah, box, it's box... This the box caterpillar, yeah. uh, which will clear it of foliage completely if you keep it going. It's not, yeah. Is there much to get rid of it? It's quite a difficult one to get rid of, there isn't is, it, um, There is some pheromone traps now for, for, for box, but it, it is just really, once you're any, seeing sign of it... Is the, there any spray? Yeah, again, I think the, um, the Resolver lists it on its... It does? Yeah, it'll cover most things, so... It, you've seen signs, and before they get going and, and clear the rest of it, it'd be well worth just giving it a, a, a good spray. Okay. Oh yeah. What what a spray? Um, try any, but uh, say the Resolver is, is it's one, one that, that we definitely know seems works. to work. All right. Oh, right. And uh, also, I want to know: is it okay to move my azalea now to put it in a tub? Oh, in a tub. Where's, from where's the ground. A, from the ground into a tub. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, because it's going to be sort of growing and it's sunny. I'd wait till the autumn. Wait till the autumn yeah. and then it can go in. That's it. When it's a bit slowed down growing and, and it's not so hot, and then you won't sort of cause it too much root damage. Okay, thank you. Okay. That's all right. Let's reach from Noak Hill, who's given us a call on 0800 111 Let's go back to text while uh, you're getting your calls in there. We've got a line free mo at the moment on 0800 111 um, I have a wisteria that is growing over our pond roof. <laughs> pond roof? Must have a pagoda over a yeah. pond. And the weight of it has clapped the roof. When is the best time to cut the wisteria back? I oh, will need an aggressive trim. Will it live? This is Colin in North Weald. Colin, <laughs> I reckon... Actually, if it's could clapped do it your now. roof, it's probably a good time to do it. Really. it wouldn't, yeah, it actually wouldn't hurt it, would it? No, no. I mean, <clears> it's growing it. vigorously at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd often tidy up the stuff anyway on there, but no, you can cut it quite hard. I've, I've seen some really uh, good hatchet jobs done on wisteria and they romp away from keep it your main stems with a few side shoots yeah. and you will be fine okay that's fix good your roof, then. <laughs> colin in north Wales. we go to philip on the phones oh he's from colchester hello for you philip um good morning um good morning. you've touched on the problem of fuchsias getting a a, a disease right. at the tips 
Gormite. Yeah, it's actually a mite called Gormite. Is it? Right. Yes. Now, my mother was an expert fuchsia person. Yeah. And I can remember her spraying her plants well in advance of them sprouting. And she used, can I use the name of the stuff? You can tell us, yeah. Dithane 945. Dithane 945, yeah, long gone. Not on the market anymore. Long gone. Long gone. Well, I I, I managed to get some online and I've sprayed... Yeah, is it actually illegal for them to be selling it online? In theory it is, because it's been taken off the market, hasn't it? In theory, unless someone's brought out a different formulation. Hmm. Well, anyway, to cast long story short, that and, and an insecticide has completely eradicated all my plants that had the problem last year to this year. Oh, they were right. cut back last year, and I haven't got a single problem this year. That's brilliant. And I'm talking about 20-odd plants. Some of those plants I inherited from Mother, and mm. they're over 30 years old. That's brilliant. But, of course, we can't <laughs> recommend Diethane 945 because it's actually not legal to be used at this moment because it's been withdrawn, and that's the important really? thing. It has been withdrawn. Okay. Thank you very okay. much, though, Philip, for I, your comment. I, I, ha- I hope your other listeners are listening. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't possibly comment, of course, on that either. But, uh, you know, it's always good to hear how people are counteracting problems in their gardens. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Dave has for us this week. Well, everything is growing and the vegetables and things are... an understatement. <laughs> ...are growing well. Um, and a lot of people do tend to sometimes forget to side-shoot tomatoes um, and they even know where they are because obviously when the side-shoot comes, quite often it'll have a bud in there and you think, oh, is that a flower? So where the main leaf comes from that plant... Take those side shoots out mm. and that'll put all the energy into the main vine. And remember, your main clusters of fruit on tomatoes are going to come off of that main stem. Um, so keep on top of it. Can be a bit of a job if you've not done it yet and you've got side shoots everywhere. Work out where the main stem is, but keep doing it. Keep watering and start feeding, really, because they're going to start setting fruit. They soon. will, yeah. Um, and good time to feed. Is it and use a tomato food? It is worth it, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you want something that is high in potash. So most uh, places will have tomato food and it's easily recognisable because they normally got tomatoes on the front but you can use that obviously for yeah. all your other crops as well all the, all the veg salads and radishes and things like that should be getting ready now to harvest so if they are hook them out use them eat them enjoy them and get another sowing straight back in because six to eight weeks for radish is, is a, a good turnaround um, so if you keep those crops going in you'll keep your Steady supply. I mean, it's worth actually sowing things like lettuce and radish every couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, just continually, just a few at a time. Um, and some of these cut and come again lettuces are very yeah. good because you can just keep going at them for your small leaf salads rather than. I mean, I struggle to use a whole lettuce myself because mm. um, they end up too big and so they cut and come again. You can just pick what you want, use it, and go back again. And that would work well if you were using tubs, wouldn't it? Perfect for tubs, perfect. I mean, you can even grow lettuces in, in five-inch pots. They will produce a lettuce quite quite nicely in there if you've just got restricted space. But, yeah, so spring onions, radishes, lettuce, it's all about now, isn't it? About the summer. Thank you, Dave. Now let's get straight back to your gardening questions. 
the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We now go to Veronica, who has given us a call on 0800 111 That's the number to call. And we've got some uh, texts there as well to deal with. 81333. Veronica in Springfield. Hello, Veronica. Hello, Ken. Um, my first problem is aeoniums. I have kept them in the win- in the, over the winter in the greenhouse. They are big plants. I've had them for quite a few years. Obviously, got smaller ones coming along. Um, there seems to be something on the surface of the leaves, or the petals, whichever you like to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems, could it be a white fly or something like that? A tiny, you could rub it and you get it off. But yeah, it may well be um, woolly aphid, because I think um, they do, do like. woolly aphid don't mind a aeonium. Um, and there'd just be like a little, you know, white fluffy spot almost that, you, as you say, you can wipe it off. Um, it's either white or black. I can't this quite make, make me mind up. <laughs> well, it's probably black inside and they have a fur around them. Um, so it's, it's what stage they're at. So really, if you can spray, but with aeoniums, generally you can get in there and just manually uh, clean them. Um, um, I've got so many. <laughs> is there a spray you can use then if it would help you can but, but the problem is it'll only be a contact spray because it won't go into the leaf because right. they're, they're succulent by by all nature so um, yeah. I would probably go careful because some cats and some succulents don't can like, react to don't like sprays. sprays do they so uh, use a, I would say use a fruit and veg one which isn't quite so um, you know strong in there and, and try a plant give it a, a, a spray one that you don't mind um if it if it reacted um and have a look and see see how it deals with it but be careful veronica yeah. all right right fine my second question if you don't mind yeah is um snakes head fertility seeds um i bought new plants last um in the spring and they've got lovely seed heads and yeah. i take my grass is very very long and i am scared that they won't get to the ground so i've taken Two or three heads off, and they've got little tiny seeds. What? Mm-hmm. How can I plant them on? Um, well, you probably sow them now. <clears throat> you normally sort of sow the seeds soon after they're formed um, with bulbs because right. you're trying to get them to to wake up and get going before the winter comes. Um, but yeah, just broadcast them on the top of a pot, really. Um, it takes what time to up. get them it, into flowering, doesn't it? It will Dave? take a couple of three years to get them back into a you know a sensible plant. But right. if you just scatter them on the pot and then go from there. What sort of compost do you reckon? Any you like, but if you've got some seed compost around, then all the better. If not a multi-purpose. Yep. Let's go now to Colchester, to Liz, who's um, talking a a bit out. You know, we're in the summer here, Liz, so what are you talking about? (laughs) I promised I'd give you an update on my Christmas tree. Oh, Um, right. uh, Two problems we had, and we moved the Christmas tree, and I phoned in to you because... The top grew, the bottom grew, but the middle decided not to. I see it. But it, it did actually settle down after a while. And Good. then a few weeks ago, I phoned and um, I said to Lucy about my Christmas tree, getting a little bit too big, but still struggling underneath. So she advised to go for it and because we were talking about a peg. My daughter's nursery had told her to put a peg that's on the it. top. That's it. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that's right. Well, that seems to be working with my daughter's tree, but I decided to go with Lucy's advice and I chopped that lopped the top off um and i also did the bottom and it's doing beautifully that's good 
so yeah, quite you can trim conifers this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very important, as, as David just saying there, it's very important this time of year. If you've got a Christmas tree, you just trim the edges off because then it bushes and it keeps it a nice yeah. shape. And it, give it a good, what's doing. Yeah. yeah, and a good feed as well, Liz. Good feed. Well, a good spot of anything. Yeah, good liquid feed at this time. Yeah, yeah liquid feed or um, even if uh, you've got a bit of blood fish and bone or something on the top of the pot when you water. And we go to Brightling Sea uh, and talk to Steph. You're talking about apples, is that right? Yes, boy. Right, what would you, what, what's your question? Well, well, this is our third year we're coming into now. We've got them in containers because that's what they are. Oh, they're patio pots, yep. Yes, boy. But the apples are about, well, they're smaller than a Brussels sprout. Mm-hmm. And the pears, we've hardly got anything on them. And they're so small, well, about less than an inch big. That's probably that's what about right. Wrong. No, you're, you're not, not doing anything wrong. wrong. That's <laughs> right at this time of year. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're both saying yes to you. Containers might be a bit too. No, I mean, what you want to do is make sure you keep watering them and things like that, and give them a feed so you don't get too much fruit drop because you can yeah, get some f- sort of fruit drop if they dry out. But yeah, they're exactly as they should be. Tomato. Yeah, that went out. That's good. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Okay then, boys. All right. All right. Thank thank yeah. you very much. That's Steph from Brightly. See, he's rung us on 0800 111 We've got a line free if you'd like to give us a call. We can still fit you in before 12 o'clock. And we go now to Hugh, and Hugh's in rain. And we're talking about hanging baskets, aren't we, Hugh? Yes. Hello, Ken. Hello, Dave. Yes. Hello. We parted a double trialling begonia, Fortune, Golden Piccadilly, into a hanging basket. And when we were taking that of the pot that we purchased it in, we noticed there was a little side shoot coming from low down near the tuber, which mm-hmm. was a totally different leaf to what the begonia is, and now it's grown, it's coming up more like a sunflower, but it's actually attached to the base of the stem of the trailing begonia. Yeah, it may well be that somehow a seed's gone in the pot with the, uh, and they will almost sort of... They'll grow alongside, grow alongside won't they? alongside and they join. <clears throat> um, so it sounds like you've got a bonus sunflower with, with your begonia. But it seems to be actually attached like a rose sucker to the, you know, it would be to a It's rose. just where it's, it's germinated tight to it and it's probably rooted into the fi- fibrous husk of the, you know, the begonia root. Does happen okay. sometimes, Hugh. Does happen. So it's, it's now protruding about 12 inches above the rest of the begonia. I think I'd the... <laughs> look a bit strange in a basket, wouldn't it, a sunflower? Especially if it was six foot high. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, when uh, when it's grown a bit more, Hugh, send us, a, send us a picture. We can have a bit of a chuckle about it, can't we? Right, yeah, we will do it. <laughs> Good, thank you very thank much. You thank you. Thank you, Hugh. There are, you never know what's going to come here on BBC Essex on the Gardening Hour. You can give us a call now as a line free, as I said, 0800 111 Hi, Ken, this is a text. Our school strawberries have vine weevil. What's the best mm. thing to use to kill them that's child-friendly? Thanks, Wendy. Wait till winter. What do you reckon? Wait yeah. till winter. Hook them out. Hook them out. Rinse them off. Yeah, that's very friendly. You can get the hose pipe out. That's you it. can wash that's them all fun. off. And then remove all the compost. Restart again. There's and, no point trying to drench and, strawberry plants. And don't leave it in the school area, area no. anywhere. No. Is that right? Yeah. 
Send it home with the children. <laughs> yes, let them put it in their brown bins, but I didn't tell you to do that because you're not supposed to put compost and soil in them, are you? Uh, a little bit in each one. Yeah, yeah. You could take in a paper bag and they could that's all take a paper bag. Clippings on the top, that's right. Exactly, you could take a, a present home for mum, some vine weevil <laughs> in a compost. Beat the birds. Yes. Oh, well, the birds do like them. But no, seriously, that's the best way, isn't yeah. it? Wintertime, yeah. get rid of them. Right, let's, uh, Essex, uh, continuation. Oh, it's about the, can I do with the apple tree? Also neglected, oh, the one with the neglected apple tree has also got a neglected overground um, wisteria. Should I do any pruning now? That's yes. Sue. The answer is yes. Yeah, have a good tidy. Yeah. What do you do? Tidy it up, cut the long shoots back and yeah. keep it keep it orderly, keep it really, isn't it? That yeah. you want. Let's go now to Pauline and Claire. You've got a new lawn, haven't you? Yeah, we had a new lawn laid. Um, it was last year. Yeah. But um, there's still, um, although my husband... My, my husband was a landscape gardener, so he should know. But He should um, know. So why are you ringing us up asking? <laughs> well, Come on, Pauline. I, I'm getting annoyed with him. Um, fair enough, fair enough. It's Parts of it are going yellow. I can see all the yellow in it. I'm just looking down now. A new lawn, is this? Yeah, yeah um, but it's, it's too yellow. Yeah. got some patches somewhere, but... Um, and I was wondering, can we buy, you know that what they call the evergreen or aftercut? Mm -hmm. Would that do it any good? Um, I mean, it won't. If it's yellow and yellow and dying, it's probably you've got something going on there and having and the root little, system. Uh, yeah, or having a tittle. Or fusarium or something yeah. like that. Or uh, wild animals having a little wee in, yeah. in spots. Uh, do you no, get we don't, No, we're, we're not. Um, no, animals can't get into here now. Oh, right. Um, okay. But um, because they're all built up. But um, now I can see uh, Brian says that it's, it's just the old. Um, Satch. coming through. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is, is just give them a good rake and a scuff up, um, and you can, something like um, lawn thickener, which lawn is a thickener. seed and a yeah, feed. The, the one it's that makes a, it greener. Yes, but it's called lawn thickener, which so yeah. it is a seed and feed base rather than if you put in something like a complete feed weed and so on. No. You don't want moss one, though. No. No, 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 just so seed and feed, feed, and you can put that on the bare patches a little bit heavier and a little bit elsewhere and feed up the rest of the grass to sort of infill and, and get going. And stop it going yellow. Well, it'll help. It'll so. help, yeah. helpfully. Let it try it. Can you try it, Pauline, and let us know? Because we'd be interested to know how it works and whether it's sorted it. But oh, that's a good try. Mm. Start with that. That's the first call. Uh, let's go to Monica from Rayleigh. Hello, Monica. Oh, hi. Uh, just uh, ringing in to ask you about my pear tree, yep. my William pear. It, I, I came here uh, about 10 years now, and apparently uh, it was okay. I fed it, and I always listened to your program to uh, sort of feed and, and, and at the times that you're supposed to. And this year it's given up. No leaves. No oh. fruit, no nothing's coming up. And well, I fed it and fed it. And right. If it's got no leaves, it is most likely dead. However, yeah. scrape the bark and see if it's light underneath. If it's yes, if it's, I did that. And what is it underneath? It's it's uh, it's brownish. It's dead. Yeah. Dead. It's, it's dyed. <laughs> so it's, it's out. Dead. Yeah, out with oh. that one, and you'll have to have to start again. I'm afraid. Um, right, I've got a couple of texts I'd like to do. I have a camellia in a pot. I am moving house with no water butt. How can I water it until I fit a water butt? Regards, Jay. Just use normal tap water and add a bit of ericaceous feed in there, soluble that, feed, and that will just level it out does, for you. Does the job completely. 
I have a bamboo shoots growing in my garden. They are lifting the shed, which now sits four foot above the ground and looks like a treehouse. No, it's making it hard to retrieve. Um, he's saying, I think he might, he's chatting about what do you recommend to get rid of bamboo shoots that actually are growing up in the garden? Just cut them down and then pour some something like SBK down into the hollow of the stem and hope that knocks out that root. They are devils to get rid they of. They are aren't a they? real swine, yeah. So really, that's all, we, all you can do, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Pour it in the hole. Pour it in the hole. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download the programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, you have a gardening question for us why not give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme? Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.